You know what, let me give you a moment. I'm gonna feed the... Uh, pang. Yeah, you go feed okay. the... <clears throat> Good evening and welcome to episode 57 of the Private Property Podcast. It is the Wednesday edition of our podcast and of course we're talking all things property and on today's show we're actually talking about legal matters and this is something that so many of us take for granted when it comes to our home ownership journey. We're going to be exploring the ins and outs of the legal attorney aspects of your home buying process and I'm sure a lot of us who you know bought property have certainly have to encounter an attorney somewhere along the way whether you're buying the property cash or you're buying it uh, via you know accessing a home loan you've certainly had to deal with an attorney along the way a lot of you at home certainly know my story uh, when it comes to you know attorneys and the blunder that I made when I bought my first party I'll share it just shortly uh, and and that was one of the things that I think I really struggled with and would have needed information about because I think so many of us certainly struggle to make sense of which attorney does what, why we even need, you know, so many attorneys and what exactly their role and function is. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing this evening, unpacking what conveyancing uh, attorneys actually do, the service that they provide and the important role that they play in the home ownership journey and to help us better understand and make sense of what attorneys do and the role that attorneys essentially play in our home buying journey. I'm joined this evening by Michelle Randin, who is the National Attorney Manager at APSA Home Loans. Good evening, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Zama. Thank you for having me. So I think, you know, Michelle, one of the, the, the big things, of course, is when you're buying a home, you absolutely cannot avoid dealing with an attorney, whether you're buying the property cash or you're buying it, you know, via uh, accessing uh, funding from a financial institution such as APSA. And oftentimes, certainly as consumers, we sometimes don't quite understand what role, um, you know, attorneys play in our home buying process. Perhaps take us through what is involved in conveyancing before we even look at the different aspects, the bond registration attorneys and whatnot, what exactly is involved in conveyancing? Yes, thanks, Zama. So I think that's a very good question um, to start off with. So the conveyancing process starts off after you have found your dream home, you've signed your offer to purchase, like you said, um, the seller has agreed, and you're now ready to commence with the legal aspects. So um, the conveyancing process is it's quite a lengthy one because there's various steps involved in um, getting the transfer to take place. And this is all governed by the legal aspects governing the transfer and registration process. Um, the steps involved can happen simultaneously or at slightly different uh, times during the whole process. And basically what happens in the conveyancing process is that the services that the conveyancer provides is to ensure that the registration and the transfer takes place correctly from the seller into the buyer's name and that the bond, the mortgage bond is registered over the property if you are taking finance from a bank. Um, if there is a cancellation attorney involved because the seller has an existing bond, then the cancellation attorney will also get involved to cancel that seller's bond and settle the loan with the existing bank. So there's a lot of components involved in the conveyancing process, and um, we can touch on that a little bit later. 
Um, but once we understand the different role players from an attorney perspective and who appoints these attorneys, I think it will make much, it will become much more clearer as we go along. And I think let's actually, you know, start exploring that. Who appoints which attorney and the function that the those two respective attorneys, sometimes even three attorneys, essentially play in their home buying process. Because of course, there's a difference between buying a property that's currently bonded. So you're seeking the bond and the property you're buying is bonded. So you're also going to, of course, have those bond cancellation attorneys. And we'll talk a little bit about that to buying a property that has already been paid off. So it's just you seeking the financing um, and, and that's it. Perhaps let's look at then who, who are the different attorneys involved in a transaction and who actually appoints them? Yes, so Zama, so like you said, there's many different attorneys involved in the process, but I think let's start at who are the parties in the buying and selling process, right? So you have the buyer, you have the seller, you have the bank, and you have an estate agent. Now linked to all of these various parties are the attorneys or the conveyances that we call them. So the first attorney is the transferring attorney. And this attorney is appointed by the seller and that this attorney will look after the registration of the transfer from the seller into the buyer's name. The bond registration attorney is actually appointed by the bank. Um, and this, this attorney will register the mortgage bond over the property as security for the loan that the bank has granted to the customer. And then you will also have a cancellation attorney, like I've explained, where if the seller has an existing bond over the property that you as the purchaser are buying, the cancellation attorney is then responsible for canceling that existing bond on date of registration. So what you will find is that sometimes one attorney can actually perform those three roles, which is the transfer, the bond registration, as well as the cancellation. Um, depending on the bank that you use, this may or may not be possible. Um, at APSA, we do allow the same attorney to look after the transfer and the bond. Uh, we find that it's more convenient for a customer to deal with one attorney. Um, and it also is less confusing uh, instead of dealing with multiple attorneys. I'm sure you've experienced that. And um, especially when it comes to the signing of documentation, it's easier if you're dealing with one attorney. Um, and it also allows the process to go much more quickly if one attorney is involved in, in, in the entire transaction. And, and so I must say, and, and, and I was saying, I think before we, uh, you know, before I interrupted you, what did you want to just add on there, Michelle? No, no, I just wanted to say, so those are the three uh, conveyancing attorneys that you would be dealing with and basically who they act on behalf of. I must say, I was, I was actually about to say that I'm, I'm quite glad to see that APSA allows the same attorney to handle, uh, you know, both the transfer and the bond registration, because as you we say, we were saying, it can be quite confusing and overwhelming, especially for a first time buyer. I've certainly shared right here on the Private Property Podcast with viewers at home how when I bought my first properties, I was buying two at the same time and both were going to be bonded. Mina would have had to deal with two attorneys per property, as you're explaining to us. And in my planning and researching and finding out as much as I can before buying my first property, I knew there was an attorney involved uh, who was going to be in charge of making sure that, you know, this property is transferred to me. But I wasn't aware that two different attorneys were involved. So you can imagine my shock when, you know, the first invoice comes in, the second invoice comes in. By the time I received the third and the fourth invoice from completely different attorneys, a part of me thought I was being scammed. And, you know, luckily one of them was kind enough to explain that, no, during the home buying process, this is what happens. 
you have two attorneys and you pay them separately. So I think certainly having one attorney handle that transaction does make things easier. Because in my instance, I had to drive to four different attorneys to sign those documents, which of course is quite admin intensive. So then Michelle, when we then look at that home ownership you know, journey, how long does it take? Because I think a lot of us who've certainly gone through the process, you know that you are getting weekly updates and you know the attorneys, the transferring attorneys will almost have a sheet with what the different activities need to happen and they're keeping stock. But the first time you go through that, it's all so overwhelming. There's so much paperwork and you're not even sure if that is the correct time frame. Perhaps take us through from the top some of the first things that are going to happen as that property is being transferred. Yes, yeah, sure, Zama. So so generally the whole conveyancing process takes up to three months. And this would be if there's no complications or delays and all of the supporting documentation and the requirements are in place. It can go through much quicker. Um, and we've seen registrations go through much quicker. And this all depends on how quickly the customer pays fees and has the necessary, um, you know, the requirements that the transferring attorney is looking for, the bond attorney is looking for. So, you know, um, the various steps involved, what would happen is that the transferring attorney will firstly, they will look at, they will review your offer to purchase, your deed of sale. They'll make sure that it's all, the legal requirements have all been covered. They will start drafting the title deeds and um, the power of attorneys to pass transfer. They will also expect that you pay, um, the rates clearance certificates are paid and that they deal with the municipality, get the certificates in place, um, you know, make sure that the affidavits are drawn up. At the same time, simultaneously, the bond attorney on their side is also drafting the bond documentation, signing up all the home loan documentation that's required from the bank and getting the necessary checks and balances in place. So once the attorneys are ready to lodge, um, the attorneys will all simultaneously link up and they will lodge at the deeds office. And between lodgement and registration, it generally takes between five and 10 days. It can go quicker in smaller regions, but in our bigger regions like Johannesburg and Cape Town, as well as in um, Pretoria, it takes between five and seven days. So it is a lengthy process, but it all depends on the speed and how quickly the customer is available to ensure that all the documentation is there and the fees are paid and the rates clearances are paid, et cetera, and everything is in place. And, and, and before you know, we go to, to even looking at the costs associated, uh, Michelle, because you've already touched on it. You were mentioning earlier that um, the, the period is around three months. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it can be more. In the event rates, more you're you know, highlighting how it can be longer if there are you know, complications or delays. Perhaps share with us what some of those complications or delays are, just so certainly viewers at home can avoid some of them. Because um, I'm sure some, some, some of us don't want to have to go through a process for longer than three months. It does get quite frustrating. I had one of the properties that went on for nearly six months and having to liaise with the bank and make sure that, you know, the, the grant is still going to be in place is quite a, a stressful process. So what are some of those complications that could potentially delay the process so that we're best able to avoid them as much as we can? Yes, that's a really good question, Zama. You know, most often 
you will find that um, because buyers are unaware of the costs involved, they struggle to come up with payment of the transfer duty. So that could be one of the, the indications that the, the, the transaction is going to be delayed. You'll also find sometimes that the sellers have not uh, made sure that the rates is up to date or there may be a dispute on the water meter and the water usage. So these things all add further complications in the whole transfer and bond registration process. Um, there's various delays, but the most common ones are costs, um, rates clearances and disputes with municipalities, also building plans that have not been approved um, and, and, and council is still uh, issuing out these certificates. So there's various delays and complications. And that is why it is so important that the homework is done upfront by the, uh, the seller as well as the buyer and that everything is in place to make the process as smooth as possible and as seamless as possible. And that both the buyer and the seller have a good experience from the whole registration process. Thank you there, Michelle. We are, of course, taking your questions and comments at home. If you've had any burning questions that you want to find out, especially when it comes to legal matters, when it comes to home ownership, do send them through. Michelle Ramdeen, who's a national attorney manager at APSA Home Loans, will be addressing them. I'll squeeze in a, a quick comment here before we take questions after the break. And this comment is coming from Howard Mokatana, who says sellers need to listen to, the, to their reputable agent and avoid dual mandates. Make your property exclusive by pricing it right with one agency. And I think one of the, the, the big things perhaps there, uh, Michelle, there's one question here coming in from Mashimaite Whitson, who asks, is APSA paying 100% of home loan, including attorney fees? Yes, so actually we do have a product called the Young Professional Product. Um, and if you qualify for this product, you can be granted a home loan of up to 100% plus 5% uh, additional for costs of transfer duty and attorney costs. So yes, we do we do consider it for the young professional product. And, and when we come back, Michelle, I actually want us to talk a little bit about pricing because I see there are a few comments that have come up around pricing. We know that we, we, you know, we're able to, in some instances, negotiate with the transferring attorneys. Perhaps some people aren't as confident when it comes to having that with the bond registration attorneys, whether we should be dealing directly with them in terms of trying to negotiate that price, or we should be dealing with the bank to say, can you absorb this amount into my home loan? Is that even something that's possible, especially for people, for example, who aren't young professionals, so wouldn't be able to access that 105% bond uh, product that APSA Home Loan has. We're going to go for a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll be dealing with some of this and, of course, some of your questions at home. And, of course, later on in the show, we are giving away that 5,000 Rand cash price to one lucky viewer who's going to you know, walk away. It's the 1st of July, so you're going to be uh, walking away 5,000 rand richer. But for many of us who are not going to be eligible for that competition, you can enter the 1,000 rand competition where we're asking you to share with us all your property dreams, goals, and aspirations. All you have to do is share them down here below, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on Twitter, or on YouTube, share with us and you stand a chance of winning one of two 1,000 rand cash prizes. And we'll be uh, you know, sharing who the winner is or announcing the winner on Friday, right here on the Private Property Podcast. We're gonna go for a quick break and we'll be back just after this. What is a bank at a time like this? In a world filled with uncertainties, where lives are put on hold, business paused, and working together means staying apart. At APSA, being a bank means staying connected. 
It means being a part of your future, providing relief at a time of need, and doing this through effective, secure online platforms. It means staying in touch when everyone else seems distant. Being a bank means knowing that we've come from far and are yet to go further. And that possibly this could be a time for a new beginning, an opportunity to reflect and rebuild. We are alongside you, helping you to finance your dreams and grow your legacies. We are in this together. Once as Amal Sam, that is African Nasty. Welcome to your next home. This is the perfect room if you're looking to expand the family. It's perfect. There's a kids room or a playroom. Did you say playroom? Yeah, playroom. I've been very bad. <laughs> you know what, let me give you a moment. I'm gonna feed the... Uh, yeah, you go feed okay. the... <clears throat> Welcome back to episode 57 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantungwa Kumalo. This evening, we're talking all things legal matters when it comes to our home ownership journey. If you've ever wanted to know more about how this home ownership journey, uh, you know, uh, how, how you can best make use of, you know, different attorneys, perhaps negotiating the price when it comes to legal matters with your home ownership journey, then do send us through those questions and comments. And of course, this evening joined by Michelle Ramdin, who's the National Attorney Manager at APSA Home Loans. Michelle, I was saying before the break that certainly a lot of the questions that are coming in from viewers at home have to do with money matters. Because we know that when we look at our home ownership journey, we're certainly going to have to cover quite a lot of um, finances. And it isn't just finances of the actual bond facility, but of course, we we'll also pay for the transferring attorneys and the bond registration attorneys. Perhaps take us through where this money goes when it comes to the attorneys um, that we have to say, that we have to pay. We, we already know that the transferring attorneys are going to send us their quote. Um, the bond registration attorneys are also going to send us their quote. Where is all this money essentially going? Because sometimes perhaps you might be scared, especially if it's the first time you're buying a property, you might be scared that, you know, is this even legit? Is this how it works? Am I supposed to be transferring, you know, 20,000 Rand to attorney X and another 20,000 Rand to another attorney? Uh, perhaps put our hearts at ease in terms of where this money is essentially going um, when it comes to attorney fees. Yes, Summer. So you're quite right. There is a lot of costs involved in the buying and selling process. And, and it's quite expensive um, because of the different attorneys involved and the professional fees that they are charging for their respective responsibilities. So if you look at the, the transferring attorney, the transferring attorney will charge a fee for registering the bond, um, registering the transfer from the seller into, into the buyer's name. Okay, and that fee is charged in terms of guidelines that are issued by the law societies, the various law societies. But it's important to know that it's just a guideline and those fees are actually negotiable. So you may, um, as a customer, approach the attorney and discuss a discount on those fees. And most attorneys are very willing to provide a reasonable discount when it comes to the charging of their fees. 
Similarly, you have the bond attorney who, who will carry out the responsibility of registering the bond onto the property um, as security for the bank's loan, and they will charge the attorney, um, the customer for, for registering the bond. This is also done in line with guidelines issued by the law societies. And again, you are at, um, you know, you are uh, able to negotiate these fees with the bond attorneys as well as with the cancellation attorneys. Um, we do understand that attorney fees are quite expensive. So at APSA, what we've done is we've partnered with some of our good attorneys, our top performing attorneys, and we've been able to uh, offer great discounts on some of the products that we have. One of them is the Young Professional product, where we offer a 30% uh, attorney discount on bond registration fees. We also have um, in the affordable housing market for first time home buyers, we have the My Home product. And there you can get up to 50% discount on, on bond registration fees. So attorney fees are, um, are, you know, they're not prescribed, but they are negotiable. And in terms of the guidelines issued, most attorneys will charge according to those guidelines. However, they are open to negotiation. Um, of course, you know, customers, we, we, we got to understand that the role that the attorney plays in the conveyancing process. And they, they have a very critical role and responsibility to ensure that they correctly register the transfer from the seller into the buyer's name. And that is the professional fee that they're charging for. So that is where the money is going when you get the invoice for the bond fee or the transfer fee or the cancellation fee. I guess like any other profession, be it engineering or a doctor or a pharmacist or a dentist, you will be paying a fee. And similarly, for a conveyancing fee, you pay the attorney. And, you know, quite a number of viewers at home uh, were even asking around whether or not you can negotiate with the bond registration attorneys as well as the transferring attorneys. I see that uh, Malope Hobe on YouTube had asked a similar question around whether or not we are actually able to negotiate. A question still on fees, um, Michelle, this one's coming in from one of our regular viewers, Stephanie Whitboy, who asked in regards to the fees they charge, how do we know if they are reasonable or not? You know, you mentioned that it's based on, uh, I think, a scale from the law society. Are customers able to just access that because perhaps they just may not know if it is, if the attorneys are in fact staying with that particular guideline, especially the transferring attorneys, perhaps not so much the bond registration attorneys. Um, so how would they go about sort of checking uh, that they are within the particular bandwidth that the law society outlines? Yeah, so that's a very good question. Um, the Law Society guidelines are widely published, so you can have access to it on the internet. Um, you will also find it in, our, in, in the tools that we have available online, like the home loan calculators. Um, APSA's got a very user-friendly one that you can log on to. You don't have to be a customer of APSA, and you can go and find out what the transfer cost would be, what the transfer duty would be, even the bond registration costs. But most importantly, Zama, I think it's important as a customer that you feel free to have a discussion with the attorney, be it the transferring attorney or the bond attorney, and ask them to explain the fee, how are they charging the fee, and what does the fee make up? Um, you know, it is you are entering into a relationship and the attorney is providing you with a professional service. So you are at liberty to ask the questions. Um, on the bond side, if you feel that the, the, the fees are unreasonable, you're welcome to, to contact the bank and we can get involved and also ask the similar questions on your behalf. 
Michelle, we are getting quite a few questions from viewers at home who want to find out a little bit more about APSA's Young Professional uh, Home Loan. This one is coming in from Nombule Longosi, who asks, who qualifies to obtain young professionals and does the age count? Yes, it certainly does, and it's a great question. So uh, to qualify for the product, you got to be 35 years or younger, and you have to have a qualification, um, a degree, um, and then obviously subject to affordability. And if you are a first-time home buyer, you could potentially qualify for the product. And, and I think, you know, Michelle, I actually want us to, to, to explore something that I know a lot of us sometimes read, but we, we sometimes often not quite clear what it actually means. And this is, this is the idea of holding a title or legal rights over a property, because of course, this is also a legal term. What exactly does that mean? Because you sometimes hear, you know, the attorneys talking as they're explaining, they, they put it out there, but you still have question marks around what exactly it means to have legal rights over a, a, a property. Yeah. So, so basically, when, when the property is transferred into your name, you become the owner of that property. So in legal terms, you, you actually own that property. And at the deeds office, your personal details are registered against that property. Um, and you are demarcated as the owner, as the legal owner of that property. That title deed is then stamped and, and, and sealed by the, the Office of the Deeds Registry and it's an official public record. And it's a very important document, the title deed, which you've, you have to keep safe. Um, and I, I would suggest and recommend that you make copies of it if it is not bonded. If it's bonded, you find that the bank will usually keep the title deed and the mortgage bond uh, in safe custody for you until you pay off the loan in full and then they will release the title deed to you. But having title means so much, right? It means that you own that property. It means that you can use that property um, down the line if you wish to take out another loan with the bank. That property can be used as security. Um, property also grows over time, the value of the property grows. So you're creating equity and you're creating wealth and you're leaving a legacy behind. So owning a property is not only just a roof over your head, but it's a long-term investment. And it is, um, it's, uh, you know, it's something that you should aspire to have. And we've got a question here um, from Deline Kosi who asks, do we still pay for transfer fees? And I think this is, of course, they're probably referring to transfer duty as opposed to transfer fees to the attorney. Perhaps explain that a little bit, because I think it can be quite confusing uh, that you now have the transfer fees, the bond registration attorneys, and transfer duty. Quite right, Zama. So transfer duty is something very separate to transfer fees, transfer attorney fees. Transfer duty is a tax that's levied on any purchaser who wishes to buy a property, and it's a tax that is paid over to SARS. Um, transfer duty can be quite a big cost, and um, if it's not paid, the transfer cannot take place. So you need to pay transfer duty before the registration will take place at the deeds office, or else the deeds office will not register that property. The good news is that um, in the 2020 minister, the, the finance budget by the minister, he announced that in support of the, the property market, the thresholds for transfer duty has been adjusted. So from the 1st of July, from today actually, 
Um, you do not pay transfer duty for any property that's worth a million rand or uh, yeah, below a million rand, uh, which is a big saving because if you're a first time home buyer and you're purchasing a property of a million rand or less, you do not need to pay transfer duty. You also do not pay transfer duty if you're buying uh, where the, the transaction um, is subject to VAT. So in other words, if you buy in a new development and the seller, which is the developer, is registered for VAT, then you do not pay transfer duty. Of course, the purchase price then would be subject to VAT, but you don't pay double tax. Um, and there's some various other tax uh, transfer duty exemptions as well that applies. As you're talking about new developments, Michelle, there's a question that's come in from Malebu Makahano who asks, how, how long does the bond registration take for a property in a new development? Yeah, so a new development, it takes quite some time. It can take sometimes up to three years or more. And that is because firstly, the township needs to be proclaimed. There's all sorts of various uh, council and municipality approvals that have to take place. Um, bulk infrastructure that needs to go in. So your electricity, your water, uh, your sewage, everything that needs to be built. And then the sectional title register needs to be opened in the deeds office. So it does take quite some time before um, the registration goes through, usually between two and three years. So, you know, Michelle, one of the things that are certainly happening right now, we're living in quite unprecedented times. It is the middle of a global pandemic. And we've certainly seen, you know, going from stage five lockdown, we're now in uh, stage three, and there've been various restrictions um, in the past couple of months. How did the lockdown restrictions um, over the past three months essentially affect customer registrations? And, and what would you say is, you know, currently, um, happening, what the situation is now in level three. Yes, so, so you know, Zama, I guess when, when the hard lockdown happened in level five, no sector was spared and, and the property sector was greatly impacted because literally the deeds office came to a grinding halt. It shut down uh, and many other role players within the property sector as well were restricted from, from operating their businesses. So what happened is interesting very quickly. Um, the day just before the lockdown happened, there was this huge rush to register as many properties as possible through the deeds office. But the very next day we went into lockdown, which meant that as a buyer, you were essentially trapped. You couldn't move into your new property, yet you were the registered owner. And as a seller, you were still in the property that you were selling. And what the effect of this whole thing was that you as the buyer were now incurring a new installment, but yet you couldn't move into your property. And similarly, the seller had to pay occupational rental to stay in your new newly owned property. Uh, fortunately, the minister passed some regulations to allow um, uh, movement and for people to start moving into their new homes and similarly for, for rentals as well. And then as we moved into level four and then into level three, the business activity started opening up. The deeds offices are now fully operational. Of course, there are some challenges and some delays because the staff, they still reduce staff capacity. Um, and we're finding with the infection rates that the deeds offices are opening and shutting down with positive cases. And then they have to go through the whole process of deep cleaning before they restart again. Um, so at APSA, we've made it very clear with our attorneys that you know these delays are clearly articulated with our customers and that we'd like the customer then to drive the registration process knowing full well that there may be some delays still as we, get, as we go through this whole pandemic and the different lockdown levels. And, you know, so Michelle, before I actually let you go, 
any tips you'd like to share to for our viewers at home when it comes to legal matters in our home ownership journey? I think, you know, we've certainly shared quite a lot uh, this evening and I've even learned quite a bit uh, on, on my, as an investor, which is always great that, you know, this is a learning journey with the viewer. What tips would you like to share with our viewers at home to help them better navigate buying their properties and, you know, dealing with the various attorneys that they're going to be interacting with during that uh, transaction? Zama, I think that is such an important question. You know, it is, it, it is really important as a buyer that you understand what you're getting into. I think ask as many questions as you need to ask. Educate yourself about the buying process, the different costs involved, um, what the process entails, how long it will take. You speak to your bank, speak to the attorney, speak to property uh, professionals. There's a lot of information um, that you can research. Uh, private property has a lot of good information as well about the whole buying and you know, selling process. I think the education element is so important so that you know what you're entering into and you don't just think that it's the purchase price and then getting the, uh, a bond from a bank. There's a lot more that, that goes into the whole uh, transaction. So education, education and awareness and and you know, you'll really set yourself up well then, and you will also have um, a good experience in buying a new property and becoming a new owner. Michelle, I'm going to leave it there this evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Zama. It was a pleasure. And that is Michelle Raddim, who is the National Attorney Manager at APSA Home Loans. Thank you for, uh, you know, that very insightful conversation. I think, you know, legal matters often leave us very confused. Uh, a lot of us, of course, didn't study law. We end up having to sign so many documents when it comes to our home ownership journey. So it can be quite intimidating. And of course, we always say go to the private property website on privateproperty.ca.ca and learn as much as you can when it comes to your home ownership journey. We're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, it's that time of the evening where we give away that 5,000 Rand cash price to one lucky viewer. We'll be back just after this. What is a bank at a time like this? In a world filled with uncertainties, where lives are put on hold, business paused, and working together means staying apart. At APSA, being a bank means staying connected. It means being a part of your future, providing relief at a time of need, and doing this through effective, secure online platforms. It means staying in touch when everyone else seems distant. Being a bank means knowing that we've come from far and are yet to go further. And that possibly this could be a time for a new beginning, an opportunity to reflect and rebuild. We are alongside you, helping you to finance your dreams and grow your legacies. We are in this together. Once as Amalsan, that is African Nasty. Welcome back to episode 57 
of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantunwa Kumalo. That was such an insightful conversation. I mean, legal matters are always very fascinating. They can be intimidating, but we're certainly learning at you know, different paces and empowering ourselves as much as possible in making the best property decisions. And of course, we also give away money. It's the 1st of July. So this evening's winner is going to walk away with money on the first day of the month. I am green with envy and I say this every single time we give away this 5,000 Rand cash prize. And of course, this is a competition that was open to people who entered the 100,000 Rand competition and only them. And this includes estate agents as they are not employees of private property. One winner will be randomly selected right here live on the Private Property Podcast. And the Private Property team will be in touch with them within 24 hours of the winner being announced on the show so that they can verify their details. And in the event where they do not pick up or were unable to reach them, then that prize money is going to roll over to the next day. Well, I'm ready to see who this evening's winner is going to be. I'm sure we're going to click start on our picker this evening and we'll see who's going to win. You know, I always keep saying, I can't wait until we start, you know, giving away houses. I think giving away a house is going to be such an incredible experience uh, and I look forward to it. I'm sure many of you at home are also looking forward to it, but we also do run that 1000 Rand cash competition. And if you want to enter that one, all you have to do is share with us what your property dreams, goals, and aspirations are, whether it's extending the home, uh, you know, Ekaya, or perhaps you want to do something to your current apartment. We want to hear from you. And all you have to do is share it right here below whether it is on Facebook, whether it is on Twitter, or even on YouTube, we will make sure that your you know, uh, responses go into that draw. I know that we've just removed the, the ticker. We just had a, a minor glitch. We're going to bring the ticker just back up. It didn't start. So do not despair. We're still giving away that 5,000 Rand cash prize. I do promise we're, we're going to give it away. We're going to see who the lucky winner is. We have, of course, been doing that giveaway for the past couple of episodes. And it's always exciting to give away that money. I remember the first full week we did it, we had given away 25,000 Rand a whole week. I mean, it's, it's actually quite amazing to be able to give away that kind of money. And I'm sure whoever's going to win this evening is going to be quite excited. You know, the other day I actually played the lotto and I only won like 17 rands. I was so excited. And I, and so, wow, I mean, it's missing a lot of zeros, but this is a good start. And yet here we are now, of course, having somebody who's going to win much more than that 17 rand. I see our picker is back up. Let's see if it's going to start. Uh, I'm going to blame this on the July gods. You know, it's a start of a new month. It's uh, all the ticks in the system are going to get out of the way right now. I know that we've started the ticker, so we'll be, you know, making that lucky draw. It is over 46,000 names that have gone into this one. And of course, the lucky winner will be announced shortly. And I saw that there were multiple comments and questions from viewers at home. Of course, some of you are probably watching us on Facebook, some on Twitter, some even on YouTube. We welcome all your questions and comments. And I see the winner is now up and we've got that lucky winner who is Nolizwi Manjana. Nolizwi Manjana. Now, congratulations. You walk away with that 5,000 Rand cash prize. The private property team will be calling you and verifying your details before handing over that 5,000 Rand cash prize. I know it's probably very exciting to be able to walk away with so much money. At the beginning of the month, 
something that you probably didn't expect. I hope you do enjoy spending it and spoil yourself during this second half of 2020. Well, that's it for us this evening. We are back again tomorrow evening. Whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, we'll be back right here at seven o'clock with all things property matters. And I hope as usual that you're staying home and you're staying safe. Hi, I'm Julia Chen. I'm a restaurateur living in the Cape Town City Bowl. My restaurant, Hallelujah, is situated right in the heart of the city. Over the last few years, the influx of young professionals has created so many new and exciting things to see and do. The rejuvenation of the city has been something really special to experience. There are some really beautiful suburbs in our neighborhood. Nestled below the iconic Table Mountain lies the Ranezek and Tamburskloof, filled with unique and beautiful homes. There's such a young vibe in the city, with an incredible blend of diverse cultures catering to everybody's desire. Within the city, there are so many genuine and passionate people, and you'll find them in places like the Woodstock Exchange offering everything from handcrafted works art to a culinary experience hard to forget. For those who enjoy the outdoors, Lion's Head and Table Mountain are phenomenal places to explore. Living in the City Bowl has definitely given me my dream lifestyle and this is my neighbourhood.